Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather. Now your host, Nate Bucati. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you download your video content. We appreciate you subscribing, liking, listening, letting your friends know about it. We are presented, as always, by wonderful Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. I'm Nate Bucati, joined on my left by Ali Trost. Ali, how are you? I'm well, Nate. The, uh, the constant weather changes, though. Not a fan, but... Yeah. We're doing well. We're, we're all battling the allergies <laughs> right now and all the other things. Heads but, pounding. Uh, yeah, life in the Midwest oh. is uh, is what it is. And we are joined also uh, by Connell McCourt back in action here. Uh, we, we, we went to the bench. Jacob Peterson unavailable today. You're our first choice off the bench, though, Connell. I hope you feel uh, the love here. How are you, man? I'm good. Made up and stretching. Uh, yeah. Every week waiting on this call. He's so. a play cha- uh, playmaker, game changer. Mm-hmm. Running up and down the sidelines oh, in yeah. one of those pennies, getting yeah. yourself loose. Yep, stretching, yeah. you know, <laughs> do all the... Uh, all right, get up. Come on. Let's, yeah. Let's see it. No, I'm yeah. Kidding. Now, uh, let me homage. ask you a question. Are you the type to wear your jersey underneath all the warm-up gears, or do you have to come over to the technical area, take everything off, go shirtless, and then put the jersey on uh, after I that? I sleep in my jersey, mate. That's I'm right. Always, always prepared ready to, to be go. called upon, you know, when the, the bat sign is put into the sky <laughs> at night. And I've been told when the bright I'm light's here in the... Uh, mm-hmm. I there's... step off the bench and... There's these little quirks in soccer that we all have things that we like and don't like. I've talked to you guys both about my opinion that the one rule in soccer that I would change if I was given the power is that whoever earns the penalty must be the one to take it instead of getting to hand it off to your designated penalty take. It should be like free throws in basketball. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, it blows my mind that we have to take all this other stuff off and then put a jersey on to go out onto the field. Why not just wear the jersey? Well, that could that could cost you thirty seconds of time before you get subbed into the game. Don't we want to be ready to go? Um, people, Anybody? People like to get. I don't know. They don't want to get it all sweaty when they're shitting about getting. Yeah, ready, every you know? player is different. Like they all have their preferences, and I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm right there watching all that go down every game. Kitman's pretty fast. I don't yeah. know if they're losing much time. But he's also probably like. I don't want to wash all of these kids. Right. Every, yeah. Everybody's right. not playing, so keep yeah. your jersey, you know? Oh, keep that's what it is. Okay, maybe they're doing that for kit man. Yep, man. You know, it's like, hey, I never got in the game. My jersey's good to go. Just hang it back in my locker. Mm-hmm. Never thought about that. Yeah. Maybe it's consideration for kit man. You know what? I'm here for that. Just it's the green initiative, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. sporting yeah. sustainability. That's yeah. what yeah. we're all about over here. It, but but maybe it's also you don't want to you don't want to be sweaty, and then you're sitting on the bench in, in your sweaty kit, and then mm-hmm. you go out there. Is that and you have to come on? Superstitions. You know, it feels good to just get like a. Look, Fresh top on. Look and you're good, ready play to go. good, right? 
Uh, I, I, you're not selling me on this, though. I just no? think, come on, let's go. You know, the coach might be calling for you to come in the game right now. Hang on a second. I got to take my jacket off. I got to take this thing off. Got to put my jersey well, on. I'm playing devil's advocate for a to a certain extent because, as I mentioned, I sleep right. in my you jersey. You sleep kitten. in your jersey, mm-hmm. ready to Wake go. Wake up in it. Kitman's washing that thing every yeah. week, no matter what. Okay, so we got a busy show coming up for you today. Maybe we'll find out. Speaking of sweat, ah, huh? we're going to talk to Ben Sweat. Darn huh? Wow, that's why he's the pro. Sure, that's why I'm a dad. Three times <laughs> over. You're gonna you're gonna be there soon, buddy. Uh, your your son already getting some love on camera on oh, the uh, Cap Fed True Blues. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, before the game. Yep. Uh, so you know, we're gonna please tell us real quickly again. Ashin, mm-hmm. right? That's how we say it. How do we spell it? O i s i n. Okay. Oh, there's a little fado on the eye. And that's and that's Gaelic. Yeah, it's Gaelic. Yep. And it means little deer. Little deer. Where yep. did you come up with that one? Where did you? Uh, we were just looking through baby, like yeah. a, an Irish book of baby names. It was always going to be an Irish name. Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah. It was, but there was a couple that it was keyed down to, but then some of the even there's some that are even harder to pronounce and. Yeah. Oh, Tiernan and Phelim and all these ones were thrown out, but Oshin <laughs> is what we decided on. So. Do you speak Gaelic? Try to, just like the Duolingo and stuff. And then a couple yeah. of my friends here are fluent, so we try to keep it. Did they, te- did they teach you Gaelic in school yeah, as a kid? Mean, yeah, but sure, you're a kid. You just want to go out and play football or you, <laughs> you, know, you don't want to learn it. What so. about Ashin? Is he going to grow up speaking more than one language? Yeah, well, I, have the, I always have the Irish TV channels on, so it's oh, like constantly it. speaking in the background. So just hopefully. They speak up. Gaelic on the Irish TV a lot? Certain ones. Okay. Like there's a TG Cahar, which is TG4 in Irish. They have... Mm-hmm constant all day every day is Gaelic. So well put down money what's the first word going to be what if he what if it he opens <laughs> his know, mouth and it's Gaelic he actually said Hagrid the other day <laughs> Hagrid Hagrid you know Hagrid from uh, uh, Harry Potter Harry is Potter. all I know yeah, yeah. yeah. so half giant half man yep so Hagrid is his first word so did he really say that or did you just like he, he just sounds <laughs> that <laughs> resemble it yeah but so we're, we're going, we're going down yeah. Hagrid was the so, first name is that a, is that a Gaelic name um I don't believe so that's okay. just Robbie Coltrane's character <laughs> from <laughs> From Harry Potter. So. I never thought of him as an Irishman in the in the in the uh, in the books or the show, but uh, I do a Hagrid. I read Harry Potter books to my children, mm. and I do the voices. I've got a Hagrid voice. but oh, yeah? I'm not going to do it for you now. You're going to have to uh, give me a couple of drinks before well. you can. Uh, before well, let's you, crack one of these yeah, open. Yeah, like we're it's going to take more than right three here. of these Michelob Ultras to get me into my Hagrid voice uh, right now. So Ben Sweat, by the way, <laughs> is going to be joining us on the show coming up in a little bit. We'll find out when he's on the bench. Is he is he jersey on, jersey off? Is anybody? jersey on anymore i don't feel like anybody is so we'll uh, other than connell mccord who sleeps in his jersey of course we're going to recap a frustrating game at home against nashville sc and then preview a matchup against lafc coming up this weekend as well so we we definitely have a lot to uh, to get to through the course of the show today uh, but guys let's get to it first sporting kansas city fall to nashville sc sporting kansas city one nashville two uh quick thing as well I actually appreciate the fact that they're an SC instead of an FC because it's Major League Soccer yeah. uh, that we play here. And so I like the, the team that's still willing to, to you know, to, to be a soccer team uh, in the United States. But they're a good team. But when Sporting Kansas City jumped up 1-0, I was thinking this was, this was looking like a really good uh, night for the home side. Didn't turn out that way in the second half. Ali, what was your biggest takeaway from the game? Well, number one, of course, is just two goals conceded in the second half after getting that lead in the first half off of set pieces. You know, this Nashville team going into this game and even going back to last season, they've been a really good team 
on set pieces. And so that's something that you prepare for all week long. And then for both opportunities, uh, both goals to come from set pieces, I think that just puts a sour taste in your mouth, knowing that that team was so dangerous in those areas. And then, you know, manager Peter Vermees said it after the game, the mentality uh, defensively on those set pieces. He wasn't happy with it. The players weren't happy with it. That's something that they'll that they'll go back and work on moving forward. But, you know, it, it's always hard when, when you look back and you feel like you could have done something differently and that a, a team didn't just go out and, and score a worldly against you. Those are a little easier to swallow at times. When you feel like you could have done more, that's when it that's when it hurts a little a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say those are the big takeaways. And then a little bit of just I feel like this has been another theme this season. Sporting got a little unlucky at times. I mean, they had some really good opportunities to either go ahead 2-0 in that game or to, to come back and find that equalizer late in the game. Daniel Shallowy hits one off the post. Graham Zussi uh, hits the, the side netting, and, and I thought that was – I thought it was in. I was reacting as if I was, you know, about to tweet out something like, you know, another just absolute banger from Graham Zussi at Children's Mercy Park, and it was just so close. And I think, you know, for Sporting Kansas City, they haven't had – and this is not, you know, to come up with an excuse. We're looking at, you know, a record right now that they know needs to improve and, and – aren't happy with but there have been some really unlucky moments throughout you know the beginning of the season for this team uh, whether it's been in in terms of goals against or opportunities that don't go their way in the attack so you know I'd say those are my two main takeaways was just the set piece goals of course and then just getting a little unlucky up top um and uh, look it, it it sounds a bit too easy to blame put it on luck but a lot of it as you said there are the moments that turn the game like I watched it, the game again, watched it over, and my main takeaway from the second time was we're not far away. We're not we're not far away from putting together a, a perfect game, like coming out, executing the game plan, getting three points. It's moments in the game that change what's going on, and like it hasn't been going our way. Like up in Chicago, we've had a couple of away games that arguably we could have got something out of, we mm-hmm. could have taken something away from, but it just hasn't went for us. I mean, their second goal ricochets off two different players and just drops straight to his feet, you know, the Nashville player's feet. So how often does that happen? There's loads loads and loads of variables that went into it. Obviously, you come out of the game, you lose, you don't get any points, so the blame game starts. People start pointing Mm -hmm. fingers at certain players, and it's really just they're a decent side. They are a good team. We're not – they used to being away from home. They haven't had a home game this year. They're going to go and take points off other teams. I think if that's a different team we play – that the game that we played on Saturday, I think we come away with three point, at least a point. Watching that over again, I mean, you come up against Joe Willis, inspired form, the header that comes in from Daniel, he just makes mm-hmm. himself big. Ninety percent of the time, that's a goal. Nine times out of ten, they, you have other chances. You say Daniel hits the post, just all those wee things. If you put those together, we're not far away. Sporting are not far away from a decent performance, getting three points, and. As I said, it's not going to get much easier this week coming. Yeah, but next couple of weeks, I mean, Columbus Crew and LAFC both ranked top two uh, in the league in terms of expected goals scored. So, I mean, they are offensively, you know, firing on all cylinders, yep. which is a dangerous position to be in. And just you come away from that game, like it's you're almost like, how did we not at least get a point out of that game? Like You've got the stat page up there, Connell. Does it? Uh, what were the expected so they, goals? Uh, expected goals for us actually surprised me. It was like one point eight. Wasn't it I, th- I thought it was something like 1.7 to 2.7 in, in favor of Nashville. But and then, but when you look into that, so the Daniel Shallowy chance, the ball comes over. All he needs to do is beat the keeper. He makes himself really big and makes a decent save. That was like 0.1 expected goals. 
I don't know how they figure that. Because, as I said, nine times out of ten, that's a goal. The other one creeps in, hits the post. And as I said, luck is too easy to just blame it all on that. But when you're not getting the rub of the green, it just seems like everything's going against you. And it... Yeah, I, I'm I'm not married to the expected goal stat personally. I, I think that it's uh, it's a stat. And it's it, helpful. It, it tells you something, but it doesn't tell you everything. A stat that stood out to me and Jacob Peterson and I were talking about it afterwards, 19 shots conceded at home. You just don't see that very often with a sporting Kansas City team. And I do feel like my initial reaction watching a lot of games this season has been that, that the luck has gone against Sporting Kansas City more often than not so far this year. I remember specifically Johnny Russell talking to you, Ali, after the game. I think it was the RSL game. And yeah. I don't even remember what the circumstance was, but he said something like, it's about time we got a bit of luck. Well, it was his goal, right? Yeah. It, his yeah, goal came off of right kind of a lucky yeah. bounce, and he yeah. kind of laughed, and you could sense the relief yeah. in his voice. He was like, it was about time we got you know kind yeah. of a lucky bounce like that in our favor. and. And, of course, that ended up being a massive moment as they ran out with the 1-0 win. But, yeah, it just seems like they haven't had many of those. I, and so I agree with that, but I also do believe in, in, in life you make your own luck. It's and true. If, if you find yourselves in more situations where the ball can bounce your way and you're more ready to pounce on those opportunities when they happen, the, you seem to get lucky more often. And I think that was what I heard from Peter Vermees when he really challenged the mentality of the team on those set-piece goals because they were just kind of balls that bounced. You know, that's what happened uh, in the last game in Vancouver as well. And I think that, that maybe part of his attitude is is you just have to be dead set, mm -hmm. desperately determined that this ball's not getting through. Mm -hmm. And and maybe that's pie in the sky. And maybe that you could look and break down the film and say, who was going to get there and block it? I don't know. But the 19 shots conceded is the part that I do think is 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 the red flag that says okay this might have been a good enough performance to get a result but if you're giving up that many shots at home you're not doing the things you need to do to to win flat out win games mm -hmm. and take the luck out of it which is what sporting have been so good at at children's mercy park when they've been good and as i look at it and i want to hear you guys' opinion on this we we spent time talking to uh to roger espinoza and, and remy voltaire and peter vermees today here out of training and I asked them all about this. The problems I see are in the midfield. That's where the game has been won and lost for Sporting Kansas City as long as I've been watching them. They boss the midfield. They, they get their foot on the ball. They don't turn the ball over. And when the other team has the ball, they all know exactly where to be at all times to win the ball back and to cover things. And... I just feel like, it, look, this is going to sound like an excuse, but as, as I just look at the team right now, they, they, they're missing a six. They're missing a ten. Well, Uri hasn't played. Yeah. Gotti Kinda hasn't played. Other guys can play those roles, but even in those situations, <laughs> nobody's played those roles on a consistent basis no. game in and game out. Mm -hmm. You had Roger Espinosa playing the six this last time around. We've seen Remy play there. You know, they, there's there seems to be like a constant moving position there. And then at the, the dual eights or whatever you want to call it in this system, sometimes Cam Duke's in there. Sometimes Felipe's in there. Sometimes Remy's up there. Sometimes Roger's up there. And, and, and all of those guys have their strong qualities, and I think all those guys you know, are, are good soccer players. But 
when this system's humming, each guy knows where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to cover if Graham Zussi goes up the field. And, and there's little nuances and tweaks to that system depending on who your opponent is, right? Where the danger comes from and what your responsibilities are in this game. And it's almost like you got to know the basics of the whole system and how everybody works together like the back of your hand before you can even start making those little tweaks. And I just don't see it coming together right now. And because of that... I see too many chances being created. You know, the back line under too much pressure sometimes. Not enough chances being created through the middle of the field for the offense sometimes. And and I, I think it can get there, but at some point you just got to have a consistent run of guys knowing what their responsibilities are. For me, when I look at this team's problems, that's where they start. What do you guys, yeah. what do you think of that? Well, and I think Nashville SC gave sporting a, a difficult game. And, and Remy Voltaire kind of gave us a little glimpse into this during his media availability today saying that Hani Mukhtar, the attacking midfielder for Nashville, kind of played in that free man type role behind the midfield. And so he was, you know, Remy even said there had to be a little bit more communication with the midfield and the back line to, to cover for him because he's a very dangerous player. Yep. A lot and of what he, Nashville yeah. does offensively runs Goes through, him. through him. him. Another player was Randall Leal, who in the first half had far more touches in dangerous areas than he did in the second half. And the tactical adjustment, bringing Felipe Hernandez into the match versus Cam Duke, who was, you know, having a, the whole time in the first half, I'm watching Peter Vermees pretty much trying to puppeteer Cam Duke because they're trying to, to find that that solution in real time so that he's not allowing Leal to have as much space to and, and so much joy going forward as, as Jacob was pointing out in the match. So yeah. I think that there were some real-time adjustments that they were trying to make because of what Nashville was showing them. But it, I would agree with you in that it has been an issue all season long, and it, it really does kind of go back to that consistency and – one player that I think we're going to start seeing the technical staff try to get a little bit more consistency with in terms of their position on the field is Remy Voltaire. I mean, they Peter Vermees has said, even going back to last year, they see him as more of an eight versus a six. He, of course, can play both positions, but he brings them a lot of great things in the attack. And I mean, when you see him firing a shot off from the top of the box, it's it's easy to understand why. I mean, he's very clinical at this finishing. And so if they are able to consistently get him in that more advanced role and then whether that's Roger coming in at the six, if Ori's not ready to go, um, Felipe Hernandez versus Cam Duke, still not really a clear timeline on Gotti Kinda's return, but even just maybe getting one player in a consistent role, I, I'd be curious to see how much that's able, um, how much the midfield will be able to build on just having one consistent player in that role. Because on the left-hand side too, another thing that we talked about going into the season is you've also got new players in at the left back role. You've got a new player in at that attacking midfielder, you know, dual eight, 10 role, whatever you want to call it on the left-hand side. So Daniel Shallow is trying to figure out that that right, you know, kind of balance and that continuity and the chemistry on the left-hand side with two new players. Right. That was not the case last year. So there's right. there's just a lot of moving parts and, and seeing how those all impact uh, the game and trying to, you know, account for some of those things in real time. I think it's just, it's tough. And I felt for Cam at the weekend, honestly, because it was, he wasn't even playing bad it was just that needs must they, they need to stop the service to Leal yeah because he'd released to Davis and then Leal's just everything a was free man everything was going through him everything that they were doing going forward was going through him so they just needed to make a tactical adjustment mm-hmm. and unfortunately for him he was the the guy that had the to go but even for Roger like I mean Roger was going into that game I'm sure thinking right I'm playing a bit further forward I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and then next thing Uri goes down and it's all right you're playing the six now so it just changes the whole dynamic, everything you were planning that whole week. It's just kind of thrown up in the air. And look, I hate to always talk about the elephant in the room, but you're missing your best striker at the minute. We're not going to have him all season. You think if he's there and if a couple of those chances, 
You need a clinical striker in there. Even when you're not playing well, even when the team isn't firing on all cylinders, you need to have someone there that can just score out of nothing, pull something out of the bag, and that's kind of what Polito was doing last year. But with him not available, it just seems like we need some of the other strikers to just get going. And honestly, I'm not worried. I think as soon as the likes of Daniel or Kyrie score, I think that's it. It'll be fine. I'd, as soon as one comes... You know what it's like, it's a habit, especially yeah. with Daniel. As soon as he mm-hmm. scores, he well, starts scoring. And again, the other so. thing, too, and I think this is, you know, maybe something else that made that result a little frustrating was the fact that Sporting did get out to that early lead. I think we talked about it in pregame, how important that first goal would be because Sporting's been in a lot of positions this season where they go down early first, and that impacts how you now have to play as as the team fighting to get that equalizer or fighting to get that, to out, that, yep. that game-leading goal. And it impacts how the opposing team then comes out and plays you because they've got that lead. And so trying to get that first goal, and then especially at home, like you said, Nate, 19 goals conceded, um, too many set-piece opportunities for Nashville SC, just things that you can't give a team that has that much talent up top and has proven to be a very opportunistic side. Yeah, so look, for Sporting Kansas City, there, there, there is time to sort some of these things out. And that's one of the things that Roger Espinosa spoke with us about today. He's, he's like, I actually get frustrated because a lot of times it seems like it takes a team 20 games into the year before they start winning anything, and then they go on to win MLS Cup. And we saw it last year. The two teams that played for yeah. MLS Cup were not teams that we were talking about through the course no, of the right. year because they were playing so well. Um, yeah, Portland didn't turn a, around until, like, yeah, September or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, and I, I'm, I'm making an analogy to Kansas basketball here, but <laughs> that Kansas basketball team, it was like all of a sudden they discovered some form right going into the postseason that they rode all the way to a championship. When you play in a single elimination tournament like the NCAA tournament or MLS Cup, sometimes it's just about putting things together at the right time. So all is not lost for this team. There no. is a long way to go in this season. Certainly there are problems that need to be addressed, and I don't think anybody is hiding from that. I mean, you saw Peter Vermees in the comments after the game and all of that, uh, and we're just going to have to see through the course of this season how they sort those things out as time goes on. We're going to talk more about this. We're going to look forward to this game against LAFC coming up. We're going to see an old familiar face, Elie, playing with LAFC. We heard Roger talking about that today, and of course, Carlos Vela is, is back in in action for them as well, which makes them a dangerous team always. But coming up next, we're going to talk with Ben Sweat, left back for Sporting Kansas City, right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we are back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wherever you get your podcast, wherever you stream your video content, we appreciate you joining and listening. And of course, please uh Rate, subscribe, do all those things you can to let people know about the show. We're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And we are joined now by a man who might rival Graham Zusi for greatest head of hair <laughs> on the team. And, and that's there are many other superlatives we can give him as well. But for some reason, that always stands out to me. Uh, ben Sweat, left back for Sporting Kansas City, joins us. Now, Ben, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm really good. How do you how do you feel about me labeling you that way? I mean, do you do you rank your hair versus other guys on the team as to who's got the best uh, you know the best? I don't going? I don't know I don't know how the I don't know how we line that up. I mean, I w- I would love to find that out, but I've been growing it out. I've always wanted to grow it out, and I finally did it. I haven't cut it since last October, November. So I'm letting it go, trying to get the flow. What 
led to this being the time that you decided, you know what, I'm going to be like Elsa from Frozen and let it go? <laughs> I had uh, I mean, a dad talking right there. Sorry. Last year, tearing my ACL had a lot of time to do yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and that was one of them. So I just I haven't cut it since, and I don't think I'm going to cut it till. I get it a little bit longer. You're going to get all the way to the man bun stage, you think? I don't know. I don't know if I could rock the man bun, but at least get like a nice flow down yeah. here, and then we'll go from there. Sporting's okay. wingbacks, rocking the man bun. Yeah. The I kind of dig it. <laughs> um, before we get into some of the ACL injury stuff, what is the worst hairstyle that you've ever had? Were you ever like in the frosted tip stage back in you Man, know early I mean, 2000s? Elementary school, I had the bull cut. Oh. You did? We all had the, you had we had the bull cut. cut. Huh? And I had yeah. blonder hair, believe it or not, if I could find a picture. You're, well, you grew up in, like, what, Florida? Florida, yeah. yeah. So I feel like the blonde makes so sense. So I had a bowl cut, and then my little brother and I, we were six and four, seven and five, and our cousin, while our parents were out of town, shaved our heads. And our blonde hair was gone forever. So yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was gone after back. that. It oh. never came back, yeah. So That's my wild. mom, yeah, she holds it against us. Isn't that funny? I, I was blonde as a kid. By the I time not. I was in high school, I was brown hair. All three of my kids started blonde, and, and they're all migrating towards darker hair as time goes on. Yeah. So, you know, once you cut it, you might not, they might not ever get it, it back. They might okay. not get it back. Mine right. was opposite. My hair was, like, black when I was born. I was, yeah. like, very, like, all my features What's the worst up. haircut you ever had, Allie? I went to a place, and I had them cut it, like, shorter in the back than longer in the front. Yeah. Like, why? I yeah. do not know. Yeah. Uh, didn't look that great. Mullet. I, like, was so, like, <laughs> anxious about it yeah. for, you know, weeks and weeks. Because it's, like, middle yeah. school. You're already sensitive enough about all the yeah. all the things in life. So that would probably be my worst. And it made I, my ponytails look weird. Yeah. It was just bad. I definitely had the frosted tips during I was the best man in two weddings, three weddings in my life. And I had frosted tips for one of them. So those pictures will live in infamy in the wedding oh i gotta see that it looked like a boy band type thing yeah and also did the vanilla ice haircut when i was in high school with shaved sides and and you know all that stuff i need i I think i need like a side by side of like all the the years of i've already pulled we were going to do something with like zussi and roger with like their past hairstyles which are just fantastic you know it seems like it's a way of self-expression on you know on the soccer field guys like it's a way to stand out a little bit you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah especially nowadays with haircuts and guys style them a certain way and then coloring them it's a big it's a big thing okay so we got ben sweat here you referenced the acl tear and i've wanted to i wanted to talk with you about this i'm I'm an acl tear veteran that's probably where our similarities as athletes stop but uh (laughs) i tore my acl playing basketball when i was 30 years old luckily married to a physical therapist and she was on me about rehab yeah and i'm so glad because i've i've 16 years later i still play soccer with no knee brace and all that stuff but it was a tedious process. It's long, very long. What what stood out to you the most? And maybe what was the part of the therapy that was the most aggravating or frustrating? I would say probably the first, probably the first three four months where you can't, you really can't do anything, and all you're trying to do is just build your quad back. I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't believe yeah. how quick I lost my quad. Um, yeah, it was like significant. So, the first three months where you really can't do any crazy movements everything you're doing walking upstairs that you really have to be cautious with um and it was it was frustrating and it taught me a lot of patience i'm very impatient but it taught me some patience um but yeah i I would say those first like three months was very difficult i I can specifically remember sitting on the floor and the the, the first thing they told you to do is just fire your quad just like flex it you know and staring at it going why won't it move oh it was um, it was the craziest thing i remember <laughs> laying on my couch and no matter how hard you squeeze like it's 
it was just flub. Like yeah. it, there was nothing, no contraction, and yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was tough. You know, I had stairs in my house, so going up and down the stairs, it was, that was difficult. Um, it's just difficult to like slow down when I'm an active person. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And when yeah. you're an athlete, like your body is your like. That's exactly. what you use to do your job. So Everything, when it's not yeah. working, yeah. I mean, and I mean, we all do every day, but still, like, that is what you need to do your job. Yeah. You also, you know, I, I've seen just different articles where you've talked about, like, the mental side of it, too, and how hard that was and that yeah. that your wife could attest to that. I, yeah. I know that, yeah, that's, she, that yeah. these things are not things that you go through alone. What yeah. was that like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, she she saw me suffer. She saw me emotional and break down randomly. I mean, because you, you would, like, get over it for a period of time that you have this injury, but then it would come back to you and you'd realize, wow, I have eight more months to go. Wow, I'm going to miss a full season. Wow, like one whole year out of my career, 32 games I missed last year. I'll never, I'll never get that back. So um, I, was, I wasn't afraid to like express that and, and be emotional in front of her. And, and she, she saw like the ups and downs with everything. But like once you get back into a routine and you can get back into the swing of things with lifting, getting on the field, your happiness comes back everything kind of comes back pretty quick after that. But that was part of those first three, four months. So when she sees you get back on the field, what was that like for your family? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had all, this was the first time I had my family all in town um, since 2018 when we got married, actually. And uh, for all of them to be there and for me to go out, have a chance to score, have an assist, it was uh, obviously the result is not there. But, you know, individually for them to see that, uh, it was it was, it was was emotional. They were, they were super happy for me, and I was, I was happy for myself to get – get on the board with some of that one of the things i remember about the therapy too is i never had before gotten so excited about the smallest progress yeah but it's almost like i don't know if you felt this way but like each time you make a little bit of progress that's enough motivation to then hit your rehab like two more times the next day right because you can see these like tiny little incremental gains right you almost have to live in that while you're doing it that's what was so difficult it was like the smallest thing, like I would grow my quad back maybe like a <laughs> millimeter, you know what I mean? They would measure it every week, and they would be like, that's amazing, that's awesome, but I'm just like, it's so <laughs> slow. Like, I, yeah. I want to do more, I want to do more, but you just, you can't. Yeah. So you can't. that patience that you said you've gained, where have you seen that, that, that thing that you gained from this kind of translate in other areas of your life? Um, I mean, I'm still an impatient person. <laughs> driving, it'll never help me with I'm my with driving. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm a pretty slow driver, but yeah. I still, like, um, I mean, it just, it's giving me, like, a whole new perspective. And, you know, I'm I'm the last, like, part of my career. I'm 30 years old. I, you know, I still want to play 35, 36, 37 years old. And I think it's giving me a new perspective not to... You know, not to not to waste not to waste time, not to waste moments. Kind of look at it and have more fun with it, and you know, not get so caught up in the the business aspect of it. And just remember that it's still a game that we all love. We love to play, and we've all been playing since we were so young. Um, because I, I could have something could have happened. It could have been my last season last year. Yeah. God forbid, like something else could have happened. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I I have gotten a little more patient with that, and I just kind of try to enjoy life a little bit more. Right, we're visiting with Ben Sweat. So speaking of that, you said you had some, you had a lot of free time. A lot of free time. <laughs> so what, did you did you pick up the ukulele? Did you did you pick I up did. any? Did you really? I did. I bought a 
I always want to play an instrument. I just threw that one out there I, because I, I actually like, bought. <laughs> no, no. I was like, well, how did you know that? My book. My my mother-in-law gave me a ukulele for Christmas, and I like started learning how to play it. It, it was just a stupid habit. I just threw that one out there. No, did I, that really was that? that was literally the first thing I bought, and I couldn't squeeze my quad. I'm on the couch just <laughs> playing riffs all day until I like could get one yeah. song, and then two. One song turned into two, then three, yeah. then four, then five, and. Uh, What's the coolest song you can play on the ukulele now? I can I can play Pumped Up Kicks. I kind of like that one. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, Foster the People, right? Foster the People. Okay, yeah. I think Sporting's got like a little band forming. Uri's good at a couple of instruments. Zeus told me he used to play the trumpet growing up. So. I'm not at Yuri's level. Yuri's like no, your, Yuri can like lead Yuri's the- Premier League and then his championship <laughs> yeah. first. I'm like second second league. You're he can lead the band. <laughs> yeah. he'll, be, he'll be the, the main I think event. Tim Melia said he played the French horn in the high school. I mean, so. let's let's get oh, it going. We got I was la- I was second to last chair clarinet. Yeah. If you guys need any, Tim wasn't the band we did talk about that recently so so now when you play pumped up kicks on the on the ukulele uh, and, and and i assume you know all the words you can sing along while you play it it's no i'm not there yet okay that's the next part now yeah. now i could play like the whole riff for the whole yeah. song and then it's like putting the li- being able to like sing and play at the same time yeah. okay how's next... your voice though like yeah you can I mean, say you can say if you're a good singer no Oh, no. okay. So, th- th- because that that was my next question. I was like, "Don't be shy." There's, no, there's no. like, uh, there's you, you talking about championship, you know, pro level, Premier League, all that stuff. There's a tier of people in front of whom which you are willing to sing a song. Like, I'll sing songs for my kids. Yep. You know, except for my two year old will not tolerate it. He makes me. <laughs> he screams at me if I sing to him. My other two kids like it, so I'll play for them and sing. But that's about it. Yeah. Do you, like, who would you sing this, these songs in front of? My wife. My that's wife, it. my yeah. dog, and my two cats. That's it. There you go. I love it. That's See, it. I, that's, like, all I, that's all I need. I always say that my voice is like, it's not good enough to be like, oh, I'm going to go out and sing in front of people, but it's also not bad enough to where if I was singing and someone thought it was bad, they, they wouldn't think I was like singing poorly on purpose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't think mine's any good, but I'll sing at the top of my lungs in the car I respect and that. in the shower. Oh, you know? shower. Oh, yeah. I'm a big shower guy. Great acoustics in there. <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, I think I sound amazing in the shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so so, so uh, a dog and two cats. Yeah. Uh, tell, us, tell us about the pets real quick before we get into the soccer thing. Where we it happened with? quick. We were in New York in a big apartment complex, and having pets in New York is a pain yeah, in the butt. That so sounds like a nightmare. We always wanted a dog, but we couldn't have a dog at the time. So we were like, all right, let's start with the cat. We got the cat, and then my wife, a few months later, is like, the cat needs a friend. Then we get another cat. <laughs> and then we finally moved, like, away from the city. Still an apartment complex, but there's, like, a lot more land. And we were like, okay, let's get a dog. And the dog happened. It happened, like, super quick. So then we ended up two cats, a dog, and that was What type of dog f- are we talking? He's a boxer beagle mix. He's, like, 40 pounds. He's a, yeah, he's a cutie. Okay. Cutie. So when you guys lived in New York City... What part of the city did you live in? You say you lived so, in town. Well, we lived on the outside. So when I first got there, the facility was at Purchase. So most of the guys lived in, like, um, Stanford and then, like, White Plains kind of okay. area. Yep, yep. And then they built the new facility on the other side of the Hudson up in Orangeburg. So then most of the guys moved to, like, Fort Lee down to Hoboken. Uh, only a couple of guys lived in the city. Yeah. Like, in the true Manhattan, which yeah. – all respect having to drive back and forth <laughs> yeah. over that bridge. Um, but we, we didn't want the chaos, and it was still chaotic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything's so fast-paced up yeah. there. Yeah, and then you got to commute to Yankee Stadium on, yeah. on game days. What was that trip like? I mean, for us in Fort Lee, it was, we were four and a half miles. So, oh, I mean, it, sometimes it could be 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes it was 45 minutes. 
which yeah. is crazy to think. Yeah. But that's why. Well, I'm sure the the dog at least is enjoying a little bit more space. Oh, he's, One yeah, in Texas he's got a big now. backyard. Yeah, that's exactly. Great. He's been spoiled now. So you go from New York City to Austin to Kansas City, like. New York and Austin are two of the worst traffic cities I've ever been to in my life <laughs> because Austin like exploded in population without the highways being able to catch up. Yeah. Do you love the lack of traffic here? Like, or does it, does, well, do you, you recognize you it? You forgot I was in Miami first. Oh, yeah, so I was on right. 95 traffic <laughs> oh, my as gosh. well. So it was like New York chaos, Miami chaos to Austin chaos. Okay. I get why you're an impatient driver then. Like <laughs> oh, you're in the gosh. worst places to drive. So to come here and have, I think I've been in traffic one time, and it was downtown. It's a it's a blessing. I like it's insane. Yeah. Okay. Now something that we mentioned at the beginning that we haven't talked about yet, and I know we only have a few more minutes. Yeah. Tattoos. Yeah. I know you've got one that's directly related to the injury, but you got into them last year, right? I got yeah. All these were last year, except for this one. This was um, the one on my wrist right here. Was my wife's and I are the moon phase of our wedding day. Oh, so we cool. did that back in 2018 when we got married. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so what is that a waxing crescent? What is that? A waning crescent, I think. Is that what, that? what is that? A waxing? I think it's a waxing. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then is that uh, is that the latitude of So my hometown? Yeah. Okay. Latitude. So I did latitude north and south and the longitude east and west. Um a word here, twenty two is my number. Um this one I'll finish at the end of my career. Um and then I got I'll probably have another three coming on the way okay. within the next month or two months so what so, like inspired you to like start getting into it? i don't know i just i think i've always liked them but i've never just pulled the trigger on them mm-hmm. and uh then then you like do one and you get a fever and then you want to do two you want to do more and are you going to be johnny russell like no some- no i'll never have a sleeve but i'll probably have i have eight right now i'll probably have i'll probably get up there okay but i like i like the random location ones so well, hey, look, we'd love to spend more time with you. We're going to do this yeah. again really soon. Congratulations on the recovery, the the you know the, the the near goal as you said, and the big assist in this last weekend. And yeah. best of luck coming up in LA yeah, this weekend. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, both. thanks, Ben. Yeah, All right, that has you. Ben Sweat. We'll take a break. Back uh, to wrap things up. We're going to talk about this LAFC game when we come back on the Sporting Kansas City Show. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, and we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show to wrap things up this time around on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and, of course, wherever you get your podcasts and your video content. If you're watching the video, you can see that we are presented by Michelob Ultra, the beautiful cans of Michelob Ultra right in front of me. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Our thanks to Ben Sweat for joining us on the show in the last segment. He's got eight tattoos. How many do you have, Allie? Zero. Zero. I'm zero. I'm inspired, though, I'm also zero, yeah. We're through. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Jordan Burrell, though, if we count him, and he's behind the camera right now, has 10. Maddie also has 11. We got 21 on Ben Sweat Combined. As, a, as a crew. Yeah, but it's t- kicking it, his rear end. It we takes might five be, of us. Yeah. See, it used to be the rebel thing to get a tattoo. Now yeah. it's like you're a rebel if you yeah. don't have it's a tattoo. It's counter, counterculture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. last year my family came in town for the Vancouver playoff game, and my younger brother was in attendance. He's he turns 19 actually this week, and he saw Johnny Russell and all of his tattoos. He was like, Dad, I want to get some tattoos. And my dad's like. You're, you're not going to look like that guy, necessarily. <laughs> Sometimes like, it's just about knowing your lane, though. And, like, I want to be as cool as Johnny Russell, but I'm just not. Right. I want to be as cool as Jordan Burrell, but I can't pull it off. Mm. You know, like, you got to understand what things you can pull off in life and what things you can't. Sometimes you have to be I realistic. I can pull off dad jokes. That's where yeah. I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, life. I drive a gray Nissan Altima. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, there's nobody queuing up around. Oh, 
Paul's really cool in these. <laughs> the, I'd say the one barrier to me getting a tattoo is just how indecisive I am. Like I, I've thought so hard about what that first tattoo would even be that it is completely just taken away my ability to look beyond that. That I'm putting way too much on the first one. I guess is mm. what I'm saying. It's, I know exactly what tattoos I would get. In okay. fact, if I if there hadn't been a rule in Scotland against being drunk and getting a tattoo at the same time, I might already have one. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was I was turned away. Mm. Uh, I'd get the Scottish line and the Polish eagle, you know, on each cheek. No, I don't. I don't know where I'd get them. That's part of the problem. Is I don't know where I'd get those two things. I thought about maybe on the rib cage here, you know, mm. something cool like that. Because those two things, I know I'll care about my whole life because it's my heritage. You know, mm. it's where it's 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 where my people are from. Uh, but uh, uh, it's not happening. You know, is it not the immense car. pain barrier that you're not willing to go through? I, you know, life is pain. I can handle the pain. Mm. It's um, I don't I don't know. It's it's the it's. First of all, my wife is just she's a, she's staunchly anti-tat. You know, she mm. doesn't and 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 I'm staunchly pro my marriage. So <laughs> that's a good way to be. That's a good place to be. Yeah, so you know, that's probably the biggest thing. But also I just honestly I don't think I can pull it off. I, I, I just don't, I honestly, good I don't on think me, I can know? pull it off either. Kyle, you should cool get one enough. right smack on the top of your head. Mm, I was thinking about doing that, like on the back of the head, you know, like yeah, uh, just getting a four, like a four-leaf clover. <laughs> no, just my face again. Oh, you're <laughs> looking out. Uh, I'm always watching. Or like you know? stand ten feet back. <laughs> you're like Professor Quirrell if we're gonna go with more Harry yeah. Potter. Yes, yes. Really scary. This show is really Lord just Voldemort on the back. I can't do his. I don't do a Quirrell. No. No. Poor stuttering Professor. We have gone off. We have really the rails spanned just so many show. different themes. Have you read the Harry Potter books? Of course okay. I. Okay. Well, hey. Oh my gosh. Watch the, the special that they had, the like mm. the reunion. What did you think? God, I hate it. I didn't oh my god, I that. cried like the whole time. Here's, so my, here's my hot Harry it. Potter take. Here's my okay. hot Harry Potter take. Harry Potter would have been much better served to be like a Game of Thrones series mm. on HBO than as a movie series because those books are too long and involved and the character development is too important to try to I cram agree. an entire book into a three-hour movie. But the thing you can do with Game of Thrones is if each book was a season, you could actually treat it the proper way and someday they need to redo they Harry will. Potter do, as a they television will. Aren't series. They'll do it. I they'll think, do, I think they'll someday do some sort of remake and they'll have the old characters that are, you know, willing or able to come back come back in some way but i agree with you unfortunately i think it that wasn't, wasn't really a it thing wasn't yet. a thing yeah. yeah they just made movies back then and then once they realize you can actually do things like game of thrones where it's an entire series you can give it the depth and treatment you know same thing you do with uh, lord of the rings by the way that right. that could have probably what been a, the same way what about the sack have you seen the movies as well Oh, yeah. So the movies, the second movie and the third movie, obviously Dumbledore, Richard Harris dies after the second Mm -hmm. movie. But in the first two, you can like barely get a breath and he's talking to her. And the third one's just this new guy doing backflips and that kind of threw me off. Yeah. I do the old Dumbledore voice Mm. when I read the books. Richard Harris voice. Nate, will you do some of those? Hogwarts. (laughs) That's not bad. Not that's far. that's the voice that you need to use yeah. for the whole broadcast. Yeah. This next, this upcoming game it's against time LAFC. for the Sorting Hat. <laughs> Was that Voldemort? Or? <laughs> Voldemort's much more nasty. Oh, and oh. the zest is longer. I did mm. my. Why did I do those two voices and not Hagrid? I don't know. All the I Kansas know is City looking, Wizards, you guys. looking at Jordan Burrell right wow. now. The he Wizards is the Wizards. Wow, it all ties in. It all. Man. See, that's why this is actually on topic. 
ladies and gentlemen. Uh, look, in the, in the, on the arc of a, of a soccer season is much like the arc of a Harry Potter book. It starts at the beginning in the fall, and it winds through the winter and into the spring, right. you know, and right. all we're that. Like, we're on the Philosopher's yeah. Stone. No, maybe we're on the Chamber of Secrets right now. Where we are in the season? I'm not sure where we are. That's the second. But, but just like in soccer, MLS doesn't go by the traditional calendar of fall through the spring. It starts in the spring and ends in the fall, so we're all backwards mm-hmm. anyway. But we're early on. This is the part of the book where the nemesis starts to show its face a little bit. Uh, the, the challenges seem overwhelming to young Harry Potter as he's being treated unfairly by some of the professors and some of his classmates, mm-hmm. and he can't seem to catch a break. But he's going to sort his way through it, and in the end he's going to triumph. Is that the case for Sporting Kansas City this year? We'll wait to find out. You've got to read the book. You know, you got to watch every episode. And, and the next chapter in the episode, LAFC. What a transition that was. I, I, that was LAFC like coming up. Transition. That's why I love the, the Harry Potter uh, books are so beautifully woven. They, they do. They, t- they take us on a journey um, of self-discovery. And, uh, and, and the biggest thing about the self-discovery in Harry Potter is that what makes us who we are is not the natural ability that we're born with uh, or the way we're predisposed. It's the choices that we make. All right, and so Peter Vermees is challenging the mentality of this team right now and the choices that they make going into it. Do you think we're going to see a, like, a, like a spirited, inspired performance by the team when they go out there to LAFC because of some of this? Like, And it's not just – I don't think it's just Peter. I think that the leaders on the team are doing the same thing. Usually when you have a tough outing like this, you see a little bounce back. you expecting that in L.A.? Yeah, I am, big time. I mean, look, it's, it's a, probably on paper the toughest game in the league all season away in L.A. against LAFC. It's going to be really hard, but this is where you see characters come to the fore. This is where the, uh, not the villains of the book, the protagonists of yeah. the book kind of come to the fore and show yeah. what they're made of. You're away, you're up against adversity. You've just come off uh, a defeated home. There was a lot of tension. There was a lot of... Uh, choice words, whatever, thrown around. People are angry. People don't like to lose. The fans care about the team. Johnny cares about the team. The team, what you can see, are kind of angry, and they're playing with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Hopefully, they bring that energy, can channel it into some kind of performance against yeah, LAFC. we saw that even today out at training. I mean, there's been a lot of, um, at least in what I saw in this limited amount today on Tuesday, whenever you're listening to this this week ahead of the LAFC match, um, Guys are fired up, and, and Peter Vermees's message to the team wasn't just challenging the mentality. It was also challenging some of the guys who have, have been in the starting lineup all season, saying that your job is not necessarily secure just because you've been penciled in game after game so far this season. You know, he's kind of putting the team on notice that changes will come if we don't start getting the job done. So I think all of those factors, um, you could see a really inspired sporting performance on the road against L.A. Connell, like you said, the toughest game just about for any team in the league right now. First place in the Western Conference. They've been fantastic and really productive in scoring goals as well. So it's going to be a tough task offensively, defense, defensively. It's a difficult place to play uh, as well. But it's also one of those games that if sporting can go out and get a result, what that would do in, help, in helping to swing the momentum of where they're at this season, not having had a single result on the road so far in 2022, coming off of a really frustrating home loss, I think could do a lot of good for this team in helping turn the page and move on from what's been a really challenging start to the season. Am I the only one that's going to get emotional watching Elie play in a different I'm jersey? In the I'm serious black weird. jersey that they wear? Oh, you son Sorry, of a I need to stop. Yeah, yeah. apologies. No, I, I mean, and you know, <laughs> it, it's – 
look, anyone who is a fan of Sporting Kansas City, I think you're a fan of Elie Sanchez. It's hard not to be. He's an incredible person off the field, and, and it's good to see him having success on the field this year for LAFC. Um, you know, it, it's definitely going to be weird to see him in a different jersey, and I'm sure it'll be weird for Elie as well. He, he cares about Kansas City and, and Sporting Kansas City and its fans so, so much. And, you know, we heard Roger Espinosa talk about it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would – bet every guy in that locker room is, is happy for Elie, but it'll it'll definitely be weird. I, I won't be a, on the road for the game this weekend. It's a national TV broadcast. You can tune into our local stuff on 810, but I won't be there to see all of it in person, so uh, I'll be interested to, you know, talk to some of the guys after the fact and, and you know, any other staff that are there to, to see him. I'm sure it'll be emotional for him, too. I mean, he, yeah. he really, really liked this place, and look, you, you see a lot of players come and go that come through the clubs, and he kind of, I don't think you'll meet anyone that he didn't make a good impression on. He really had, always seemed like he had a lot of time to speak to everyone. He was, it also helped that he could play. He was a really good player as well, <laughs> yeah. you know. But yeah. he was always very, you know, personable with people and stuff. And I think that matters to people as well. You know, yeah. he left a really, he left on very good terms. Obviously, everyone was sad to see him go. He was probably sad to go as well, but... But he's the enemy now. That just happens. But. He's the enemy now this weekend. And, and Sporting Kansas City going against former players, uh, ha- it hasn't been great so far this season. Mm. Game-winning goals from Dom Dwyer, CJ Sapong, and Diego yeah. Rubio. Uh, they do not want that to be the case with either Latif Blessing or Elia Sanchez this weekend. Time to turn things around for Sporting Kansas City. Tough place to do it at Los Angeles FC. 3 o'clock on Sunday, and as Ali said, you can hear the play-by-play on Sports Radio 810 WHB, and that's going to do it for us here today. So our thanks to Ben Sweat for joining us. Our thanks to Jordan Burrell for, you know, he's he's uh, he's been very frustrated, I could tell, by the last 12 minutes of the show. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but we did give him credit for his 10 tattoos, which puts us one up on Ben Sweat, who joined us on the show today. And our thanks to you for listening and downloading, as always. We will see you next week right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show.